Hi there. I'm Michael Marvage, and this is The Dead Man's Forest. A weekly conversation about life and meaning and the lessons we can learn from each other. It's been a month or so since I've been up here to the mountain. We had a few warm days and a lot of the lower snow melted. But another cold snap has come through, so I am walking today instead of sitting. After my conversations with Jared and Joyce, I bring you, (laughs) as usual, perhaps more questions than answers today. I've been finding some conflicts, I think, in some of the worldviews that I've been hearing expressed and reading about. And it's perplexing because I can see the validity in the views of both sides, in the perspectives of both sides. And yet, what do you do when there is an inherent conflict between how your worldview tells you you should act and someone else's worldview tells them they should act. So I want to tell you two stories today that come from two of these worldviews in the hopes that maybe you can see something that I can't or that your perspective on it is a little different than either mine or what I perceive the perspectives of these two worldviews to be. The first story is this. Human civilization is poisoning the air and the water. We're consuming at unprecedented rates and species are dying in appalling numbers. We humans and our civilization are an extinction event on a comparable scale to whatever it was that killed the dinosaurs. And yet we continue to behave as if these consequences of our actions don't exist. We continue to dig up fossil fuels and burn them and pump carbon dioxide into our atmosphere, which will continue to warm the planet for decades to come, perhaps centuries. We are like a virus 
we multiply and consume and we selfishly, blindly, immaturely take advantage of the planet that we're on. And soon it's going to be all used up and all that'll be left is garbage. And so we have to... I don't know. Raise our level of consciousness. We have to stop. We have to stop doing that. We have to stop consuming. We have to live more responsibly. We have to stop poisoning our water. We have to shrink our carbon footprint and our life footprint. We have to live in smaller houses and deal with having less because that is the only way that we are going to live in balance. Live in a way that the world has the time to clean up after us. And if we don't do that, if we don't do those things, then we're going to end up destroying ourselves and the environment for a lot of other creatures. That's the first story. The second story is that we have accomplished incredible things through scientific progress and industrial progress and economic progress and philosophical progress. We have so much more wealth than could even have been imagined a hundred years ago, much less 500 years ago. And I'm not talking about monetary wealth alone. We have a wealth of resources and a wealth of ideas, a wealth of knowledge, and a wealth of accomplishments. We have so many things that contribute to our ability to solve problems and create new things. And this wealth and power that we have accumulated has enabled us to avoid or prevent so many disasters. Things like the bubonic plague used to be a threat to humanity's existence, and we have eradicated it. The more knowledge that we've been able to acquire, the safer we are and the more secure we have been able to make our future for our children and grandchildren. So that's the second story. Now, do you see the conflict between them? 
do you see how the behaviors that we have been engaging in because of this second story are exactly the same behaviors that are contributing to the problems in the first story. So if you are a person who believes in human progress and in our ability to solve problems and improve our chances of surviving the the many threats there are to our existence. If you're a person who believes that, then you will engage in behaviors that someone who believes the other worldview will see as being a threat to our survival, to the environment, to the earth. And if you flip that comparison, if you are a person who believes that we are doing irreparable damage to the earth and that we have to stop, we have to slow the train of progress, then the result of that is that we might not be able to see the next threat in time to stop it. If we slow down or stop our progress, our accumulation of knowledge and our construction of better and better technologies that are destroying our environment, then then maybe when that next asteroid comes hurtling toward us, we won't have had time to make the progress that we needed to make in order to know how to stop it. And so it seems to me that there's a real conflict between these two worldviews that if you believe in the first one, you seem to be by nature an enemy of the second one and vice versa. And that's particularly troubling to me because of what I said earlier. I can see the merits of both of these. I love being out here. I love being in the forest and listening to the streams run, listening to the birds and seeing the chipmunks run around. It's really amazing the world that we live in. It's amazing to get to experience it. I hope that my children and my grandchildren will get to experience it as well. And that means that we need to conserve. And yet I can also see that things like modern medicine, like vaccines, things like air conditioning and automobiles have given us the ability to survive and not just survive, but thrive in situations and environments that would have killed us in the past. 
the progress that we've made has made life better for for billions of people. And sure, there's still a lot of problems out there. There's still a lot of people whose lives are a struggle every single day. But the the aspiration of human progress is that we have come this far and we have accomplished these things. I believe we can fix those problems too. I believe we can help those people too. And I believe that if we continue to make the kind of progress that we have been making, that we will do so. And so what do I do with that? What do I do with that inherent conflict of those worldviews? Both of whose merits I can see pretty clearly, I think. I don't know. I don't have an answer. But it seems to me that in today's world we're learning more and more to dismiss people who have ideas that disagree with ours. To shut them out of our world. To build fences around our safe places on social media and in our homes and families and friends groups. We so rarely, it seems, engage in good faith dialogue with people who legitimately think differently than we do. And that lets us easily brand them as stupid or evil. The philosophical schools in ancient Greece, even before those of Socrates and Plato and Aristotle, didn't teach specific ways of thinking. Instead, they encouraged the pupils to disagree with the masters, to justify their arguments and their disagreements. And through the ensuing dialogue that happened, a cycle of criticizing and being criticized, and I'm talking about ideas, criticizing and being criticized, that that everybody in the school and the world around it as well, would learn more and more and better and better what was true and what was not. I suspect this may be a tradition we in today's world need to rediscover. Because right now what we have is schools 
that teach dogma. We have schools that teach students that capitalism is the best economic system that exists and that they shouldn't question it and that they shouldn't think about it critically and perhaps through thinking critically discover something better. We seem to have become so enamored with the world that we've created that anything that's wrong with it must be the other guy's fault. Not the fault of, perhaps, the systems that are in place that continue to spread unchallenged the ideas that got us to where we are. I'm not sure that makes sense, or I'm not sure, I'm not sure I articulated that very clearly because even as I listen to myself, it seems that I am It seems that I'm advocating for progress over stagnation. And therefore it seems like I'm making a case for why everybody should adopt the worldview of the second story that I told rather than the first. But it's not what I'm trying to say exactly. I'm certainly going to be thinking about this more over the coming weeks. And I'm sure that I will be able to figure out some better ways to to explain or really probably what needs to happen is that I need to get a little clearer on it in my own head first it seems to me that the inherent conflict between progress and excess which is perhaps a succinct way of identifying the sticking point between the two stories that I told earlier. I think that conflict is only going to be resolved through communication between those two sides so that we can figure out ways to be more responsible stewards of the world that we find ourselves in, while also continuing to learn more and get better without being paralyzed by a fear of making mistakes. Because we will make them, and we have made them. Our use of fossil fuels has been a mistake that is causing climate change. And yet, without that very same progress that is causing climate change, we wouldn't have been able to see it coming. We wouldn't even have a chance of doing something about it.
And so it seems to me that figuring out a way to get all of these different perspectives to talk to each other in good faith and to see that no one is really wrong. I mean, that's not true. Certainly, there are wrong perspectives. Maybe what I meant to say was that we're all wrong <laughs> in one way or another, in some things. And it's only when we hold so tightly and defensively to the things that we think that we are unable to respect those who disagree with us enough to listen and maybe have a chance of hearing where they're right and we're wrong. That, I think, is about all I have for you today. I hope that if you have any ideas about this, you'll reach out to me. I think I need to find some experts from whom I can learn more about the climate of today's world where we don't we don't listen we don't listen to each other we don't respect each other we're just we seem so divided and how can we hope to learn anything when we're divided Thanks for listening. If you do have some thoughts, feel free to share them with me via the contact form at deadmansforest.org. And if not, then thanks for listening anyway, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.